A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. I'm David Reed. this is Marek Larwood. Hello, film lovers, or podcast lovers. One or the other, you've got to be. Or people who hate themselves. Yeah. I wonder where you are. You might be listening down the gym. You might be listening from prison. <laughs> Can you download podcasts in prison? I don't know if you're allowed headphones in prison. I would have thought they'd you be a strangle hazard. Yeah. So maybe we're being played in a prison, but the, the people next door can hear this being yeah. recorded and they really just, hate it we've just been broadcast over the exercise yard yeah that's a nice feeling <laughs> or at shower time uh, it's something that calms in case there are any untoward because uh, a lot of uh, male people especially younger people I'm not saying all prisoners are young people can get quite het up in prison they need something to calm them they do so I think the sound of my voice being played uh, I think so just hang on in there, keep your head down, and the time will pass very quickly. And you may be really frustrated, but don't do anything you're going to regret later on, because you're going to have to live with that. You might have some urges or impulses now, but your actions will live with you forever. Okay, prisoners? Okay. <laughs> anyway. And go prisoners! <laughs> right. Um, well, uh, as we promised last week, we're going to discuss one of the Oscar-nominated films, Um that uh, came out last week. Uh, well, came out last week. The Oscar nominations came out last week. Uh, Marek, you've been to see 12 Years a Slave. Yes. I went to see... It is uh, 12 Years a Slave. Danielle uh, Ward, our former host, and we're guessing for Christmas, she saw it in America when it came out earlier. Yes. But it's come out in the UK uh, in 2014. Um, it is sort of the front runner, I think, for the Oscar winners. And the, the sort of cynic in me says it's always going to be something like uh, an issue of slavery is almost f- foregone conclusion it's going to get nominated. Yes, but we, we shouldn't be prejudiced against a film about that topic uh, just because it, it, it a lesser filmmaker would push buttons that way anyway. But Steve McQueen seems to have actually done things that interest him so far. I mean, shame isn't... Um, an Oscar bait film. <laughs> I love all. Shame. I th- I was a huge fan of it. I found it uh, really. In- I think uh, I saw an interview with Steve McQueen, and he tries to make you think. He saying how he thinks the uh, film was a medium should make you uh, move you and have some effect on you. Yeah. Uh, and 
I, some of my friends have watched this film and it has sort of had mixed reviews. And uh, I read someone, one of my friends who wrote on Facebook, the great thing about it was the simplicity of this film. And the real horror itself is that there's no build-up to the horror. Whereas other... If you look at Django Unchained at the other end of the spectrum, yeah. which is Quentin Tarantino doing some quite ridiculous... Well, his is a things. sort of comic book movie set during slavery, isn't yeah. it? It's a sort of uh, exploitation comic book film. It, nothing to do with slavery, really. Yeah, so, uh, so the, the brief story is... Uh, the synopsis is... Um, uh, I can never say his name. The actor... He's a music... for Yes, plays a lead who is uh, sort of quite uh, moderately wealthy uh, a black man who mu- uh, works as a um, musician. His family, sort of, he's got his own house. He's, uh, he's doing quite... He lives in, a, in a, an area, I can't remember the name of the area, where there doesn't seem to be much racism, where equality is allowed. It's not the sort of the deep south. He gets conned by two men while his family go away to playing... Uh, a violin for this sort of gig, basically, and uh, he's drugged and then taken into slavery and can't escape. And it's uh, taken basically on, on in, down south, right. South America, and uh, t- t- not um, sort of brutalized, not t- told not to tell people his name, otherwise he would get killed. And it's his experience of of twelve years in slavery. The the most horrifying thing about this film is the normality of it. The way, uh, one of the biggest things was when he was just walking to the shops, and it's not really a spoiler, he walks through the woods and encounters two sort of, um, uh, black slaves being hung by uh, the workers. It just it comes out of nowhere, because that's what that's how it, how it was. And he is, gets into a fight with um, he, one of his masters, and yet the other slaves can't do anything because they're so scared they carry on in the background. That's what's horrific. While something's happening to him, mm. the other slaves cannot intervene. So they're just used as just tools in sort of in in some of the master quite a psychopath. Um, uh, what's his name? Michael Fassbender. Fassbender plays a sort of evil, pretty much a psychopath in it with his wife, who's crazy. But because they rule their own, um, what's it called? Plantation. Plantation. They set up this sort of almost like dictatorship mm. uh, of whatever they, no matter how crazy they crazy they are and how odd their behaviour is, that is seen as justifiable because they own the place. So it's fascinating in those terms. There's a couple of great moments. It's not an enjoyable film. It's a more like an educational film. Well, some people have levelled the um, accusation at it of being misery porn, as they've called it. Um, which I can imagine people levelling at any film that made them uncomfortable, um, of going, well, why am I watching this? A film is supposed to be entertainment. Um, do you think it's gratuitous for the sort of sort of middle-class guilt film, or is it actually telling a story that needs to be told, because it isn't in the mainstream? Has it been told before? Not really. I mean, Schindler's List is, you know, the Holocaust has been does... done a lot and, and slavery, not so much. And that's what it reminded me of in an, uh, in an odd way, uh, uh, the feel in, and to, of Schindler's List. Because um, I think Spielberg, after Schindler's List, tried to do a slavery film with Amistad, which is yeah. overly sort of cloying and sentimental. Mm. And, you know... Um, 
which doesn't do that period of history any justice by fictionalizing it before you've shown it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, but no, I mean, it's. It, do you think it could win the Oscar? Do you think it's likely to? It's, think... It feels like the only important film on that list, apart from maybe Gravity for the special effects and everything. But um, of what I've seen so far, uh, Captain Phillips, I I enjoy the most on okay. the list. I still haven't seen Philomena, Her, Dallas Buyers Club or The Wolf of Wall Street or Nebraska because the list is quite long so I've got a few to see. Nebraska is a lovely little film. I don't think it's worthy of being heralded as the greatest film of the year Mm. at all but I did really enjoy it. Um, From what I've heard about uh, Dallas Buyers Club I've heard is sort of I've seen the trailer and Matthew McConaughey he's been nominated for an Oscar. Even from the trailer it looks... Incredible. Looks Incredible. I mean, he's sort of really coming into his own, really. Yeah. Mad performances. Um, but that one feels possibly tipped, just again, a bit Oscar baity in terms of its subject matter. Yeah. Um, well, tw- tw- uh, 12 Years of Slaves, what? Uh, I didn't walk out. It, it was more of a slow burner film in terms of, we. I talked about this before, when you leave the cinema, some films think that's great. This film, I wasn't overly impressed, and maybe I've read a bit about it, and maybe I've understood it a bit more. Yeah. How is Chiwetel in it? Is he good? He's good, but because he, I, I'm trying to think if I've seen him in anything else other than Children of Men. He's in. I've um, seen quite a few uh, bits and bobs. I, I think he, he's not uh, someone who blows me away with his screen presence. Benedict Cumberbatch is in it as more. He's a sort of the. He owns a plantation uh, which Chiwetel is sent to originally, but he's a, sort of a nicer owner. I can't believe he's anything but Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that character, so we'll see him do a southern accent, it's quite odd. Because you're yeah, so yeah. used to his voice, it's so synonymous with him. Well, he's got such a good voice as well. Yeah. Uh, people commented on it after Star Trek Into Darkness, where he's just, when you get the proper cinema speakers and Benedict Cumberbatch's voice it's wonderful he, he, look, he almost become a, an English look as well he's obviously. become such a sort of institution I mean yeah. people you know since, weirdly since, for, as far as I can tell since Matt Smith left Doctor Who all of that fan love has been heaped on Benedict Cumberbatch I think it's weird Doctor Who Sherlock Holmes it feels like the same programme well me. same writer yeah anyway that's a, but I don't think it's a. I think it's a good film. I wouldn't watch it again on t- if it's on TV. It's not one of those films I go. Oh, you must watch this. Did you see the Passion of the Christ when that no. came out? No, me neither. Again, didn't appeal at all. Twelve Years a Slave appeals more, uh, but I'd really have to be in the right mood to go. Yeah, I'm going to go see that now mm. because just from all the reports I've heard that it's harrowing. You know, it's a harrowing experience. A lot of the Oscar films don't seem to, like last year. Zero Dark Thirty didn't particularly enjoy that. Lincoln said last week I thought it was terrible yeah. the best film I saw on that list by a long shot was Beat of Southern Wild which was an independent film yeah. which wasn't talked about that was miles better than anything else on there it isn't really these aren't really films that you <laughs> maybe not ones that you really enjoy American Hustle wasn't amazingly enjoyable Captain Phillips was I, I think it will get the uh, it just feels like it's um, a that it feels it fits. I think it will win Oscars, mm. uh, and the biggest competitor might be American Hustle at the moment, which I don't think either of these films were films that really moved me or made me things I go back to in years and say that's a classic. 
Well, that's it, isn't it? I mean, if the ingredients are right, that's still not enough. Yeah. It has to move you in some way, in any way, like literally any way. It doesn't need to be sort of entertaining per se, but it's got to move you to be a good piece of cinema. But, but it's, it's the films that you walk out of and think, I want to watch that again. Or uh, the first time happened to me is when I watched Seven at the cinema. Yeah. And I was so amazed by that. I went to go and see it again a week later. And The Usual Suspects as well. I mean, yeah. This is me when I'm in my early 20s. So I've got different tastes. But they're still great films. I was blown away by them. The last one that blew me away properly at the cinema, um, well, Blue's Warmest Colour, and the year before that, I thought Drive is a classic mm. as well. Really blew me away. So and, lower budget, smaller films. But, but you, I expect, I almost want the Oscar winners to give me that feeling you strive for when you go yeah, to cinema yeah. a bit like the impossible we spoke about it before when you left that you felt so I felt moved and I felt all these, all these emotions I didn't I felt I'd gone on a journey through what I felt and what you know just yeah the the tension and the release of go watching that film yeah yeah which I don't feel for for instance watching gravity I really enjoyed the special effects my heart wasn't in my mouth wondering whether she'd get through it or whatever. It was more like watching a sort of beautiful painting. Mm. You know, the story, I could see the strings moving at all times, if you mm. know what I mean. Like, it's it, there was no... I, I was never... The, the the magic spell never took hold. Yeah. You know, I could see it happening before see, my eyes. I don't know whether we watch more films, but I don't know. But well, maybe. Think... That's got to be part of it, isn't it? Yeah. You lose your innocence at it and you're looking for different things. But You still remember those magic moments. And one of mine was when I, uh, um, I'm from the Isle of Wight. Uh, I was brought up there, which is a small island just off uh, um, Portsmouth, for anyone, uh, well, our listeners in Iceland or Guatemala or abroad. Um, and there was a terrible cinema, which was... <laughs> Now, you would just about be able to call that a big screen in a in an electronic retailer. <laughs> <laughs> it was a converted warehouse with a. It was a sort of not a proper full screen cinema. Right. And I went to go and watch Terminator Two on a hot summer's day, uh, and there was no one else there. It was me and my friend sitting in the middle of the, middle of the cinema with our feet over the aisles, uh, watching Terminator Two. Wow. And it was an. I think we must have just turned. I don't know if he were. I think he might have even been like seventeen or something. I think he is an eighteen to make two, isn't it? Maybe it was a fifteen. Oh, so some grubby stuff in there. Yeah, we weren't. Oh, he weren't eighteen, and that was an absolute. That yeah. was a great cinema film to have a, Incredible a great film. cinema experience. Their third one, my god, did they? Lose yeah, it. but that's what that's what I want the Oscars to be. So yeah, I mean, yeah. you go there and think that is great. Yeah. Well. Films of 2014, hear Marek's warning and pull your socks up. Maybe we, should we raise our expectations for all these films now once they've got the Oscar nomination there. Yeah, I'd like to see Dallas Buyers Club. That does intrigue me. Yeah, so we will be going to see these films over the next few weeks. Hopefully. Um, so we can, we can um, give you the Oscar load and let us know what you think is going to win the Oscar. How can people let us know? You can email us your predictions at... Uh, Oh, we could even have a competition for anyone who gets them right, couldn't we? Yeah, competition, and you win our our respect. Our respect. Well, you know, we can make a certificate that we can put on Facebook for you to print out. Let's do that then. All right. Fine. Just made up a competition. <laughs> it's happening. Um, okay. You can email us your predictions for the Oscars. Let's uh, say in the the main categories of. Best film, best director, best actor, and best actress. 
try and guess and best supporting actor and best supporting actress. Yeah? That's good, that's six. Isn't that's it? six. So email us your predictions at dearfilmfandango at gmail.com and if anyone gets all of them right, then you will uh, you will win a certificate, a sealed uh, seal of approval by Film Fandango official merchandise. Wow! I know. And if you don't win it, you can always just print it out and do Photoshop. Change your name. I mean, I'll I'll have made it on Photoshop, so it'll be easily doctored. Can you watermark it so only that person can? Yeah, I'll watermark it with your face if you like. Oh, great! Perfect. <laughs> uh, uh, so you can contact us. Contact Also, you can follow us on Twitter individually. At Film Fandango, or go to facebook.com forward slash Film Fandango. And, or at Mr. David Reed, or at Marek Glarwood. Those are the addresses. Um, yes, send us your Oscar nominations. We'll see if everyone has the same guesses. We'll I, do it as well, we'll play along. Yeah. We'll, we will have an Oscars episode as well when the everything is announced. Hey, hey guess what, here's a, an email, someone's emailed in. Okay. This is from Luke Compton. Hi, David Marek. Long time listener, first time writer. First of all, Marek, I'm so surprised how good your movie taste is. And it's awesome that you love Drive and, and liked Only God Forgive. What do you both think was the most disappointing film of 2013? And on the flip side, what was the biggest surprise? Did we read this out before? No. I did, like, only God forgives. And why are you surprised that I've got a good movie taste? <laughs> well, he goes on to say, P.S. I don't understand the Man of Steel hate, Dave. <laughs> and it's David to you. It had a great story, brilliant development, great effects, charismatic performances, and a brilliant score, L.J. Compton. See, what uh, he's done here, Miss L.J. Compton, uh, is he's given you a stupid voice so that he looks like <laughs> your opinion's bad. So me, me, you are thinking, I've got a good taste. That was my Pretty cowboy voice. That. Come on. That was it. my cool cowboy voice. Biggest disappointment of 2013? Man of Steel. <laughs> I'm going back to Lincoln. I think as it came out, that was the wor- one of the worst. I'm banging on about the last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, you know, I thought Man of Steel was complete dreck. Good surprise? Uh, ooh, surprise. Surprise. Um, the, the Heat, actually. Yes, that's a good one. Great, great film. That was a really good, uh, big surprise. Yes. Hey, guess what? There's another email. Do you want to read that one? Yeah, it's from Anne Coletta. Dear Film Fandango Have you had a show of sidekicks? If you've done best sidekicks You could do worse sidekicks How about trios? How would the three amigos stand up to the good, the bad and the ugly? Kirk, Spock and McCoy versus the dude, Walter and Donny Before now I haven't suggested an accent That changed after episode 112 In future all correspondence to me should be read as follows Matt Larwood with a man making a pot noodle in his mouth. David Reed in the voice of Chris Webb. Daniel Ward, if guest hosting, must communicate by only using the words noisy blackberries. <laughs> There's someone, Anne, who's actually listened to some of our podcasts. She's basically just listing our catchphrases if we had them. Chris Webb's our regular listener who's stopped writing in since we've bullied him. He's probably, he's probably gone to some other podcast. And the pot noodle reference is a reference to... Uh, a show I made called Marek's Viral Videos when I tried to get a viral hit. I put a lot of work into it. No one's really watched the show or watched the virals. I've watched it. It's you very watch, good. Watch them on YouTube if you put if you just 
look up Mary Large. You can follow me on that. I'm just plugging myself. It's good. Here anymore. It's good. Um, would the three amigos? They just get killed by the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, yeah, the three amigos are fake sort of uh, Mexican bandits, whereas the good, the bad, and the ugly are actual bandits, aren't they? Yeah. Good, the bad, and the ugly win. Kirk, Kirk, Spock and McCoy beat the good and the ugly because they have space weaponry. But it's Kirk, Spock and uh, McCoy versus uh, Big Lebowski, isn't it? Ooh. The dude, Walter and Donnie. Well, Walter would shoot Spock in the face <laughs> really quickly. This is what films are going to be like in about 50 years' time when they run out of remakes and they have to do... When, when, Marvel, uh, when Marvel opens the floodgates and manages to do... X-Men versus the Avengers or something all hell will break loose and we'll have Zorro versus Robin Hood and we'll have you know Garfield versus the Ghostbusters uh, it's incredible um, on an interesting note as well yeah. my friend uh, Paul Allen a friend of the show um, he was telling me about uh, I'm, I can't find the article but the, uh, what's got the longest average shot length in modern Hollywood oh what film has got the, uh, 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 more, the longest average shot length? What, as in big film? Or Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's Rope, which has pretty much got three cuts in it. Yeah. But we were talking about this, the shot length. Apparently, it's gone down. I can't find the article. Apologies for this. but um, Well, look for it again and stick it on our Facebook yeah, page. Yeah, but it's gone down from... About, the average shot length over the past 30 or 40 years has decreased almost like fourfold, I think. So you'd have it like a seven or eight, every shot would be like seven or eight seconds. Yeah. Now it's like two seconds, less than a second, because our attention span has gone and, and changed and, the very face of filmmaking. And I, th- I think the ability to tell a story has probably gone down with that. Because yeah. rather than they're, they're cutting, they're cutting rather than holding on the faces, holding on the point of interest. They're just cutting to something else. Um, I don't, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. People are still making good films. But I think it's definitely a thing where... You, if you held on that face a bit longer, with that we might actually start to really empathise with the character, or you know, it's an amazing thing. I've got the Criterion edition of Brazil, one of my favourite films, big mm-hmm. Terry Gilliam fan, and that comes with the TV edit where it's edited down to a ninety minute, and basically all of the holding on anything is cut. So it's cut down to the most basic thing. If someone says a line of dialogue, they probably include that. But then it's just, they move there, it goes there, it goes there. And it becomes a shapeless, unengaging mess of a film. It's interesting. We were both work as actors and sort of comedians in, well, in, in my part, increasingly less <laughs> in television. But when you write a script uh, over here, for listeners listening abroad, you've got some main channels, which is BBC One, and the average show is 28 minutes on Channel 4 because the average, the average half an hour section is 23 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And it always goes over. The international um, slot uh, length is 11-minute slots. So your shows are either 11 minutes, some kids' shows are 11 minutes long, then um, 22 minutes for things like The Simpsons, and then if you have sort of a more uh, drama or something, it'll be uh, 30. You know, but what happens is it gets cut down. So we become... I wonder whether it's... This enforced uh, model of length mm. that has changed the way that TV is edited, Definitely. which and that has somehow informed 
our watching habits. Yeah. Well, we, we still think of shows as being half-hour episodes yeah. when actually they're eight minutes shorter than that. But this um, has just spread, this whole cutting it down to fit in this section has spread onto film yeah, and yeah. made us our, you know... It, it, it's very, What I found fascinating when I watched a documentary... My name is um, my name is Marek. Uh, it's a Polish name. I'm not at all Polish. I even look like I'm Polish. I'm not Polish. I'm named after a documentary that was made in 1975, the year before I was born, um, about a boy who is of Polish descent who is having a heart operation. Have I told you the story before? No, you're named after a film. Have you not told you the story? No. Um, he had that heart operation. Uh, and they showed him before he had this operation uh, at school. And it's very interesting because in the 70s, everyone speaks an RP. And he's saying, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to having the operation so I can go and play uh, during break time with the other boys. He has to sit in and play Snakes and Alice with this other kid and who's got pa- something wrong with him. Your parents were hoping you'd talk like that. Well, they were hoping... A, a, and they show... that Anyway, my point is, I'm glad you're getting there. They show <laughs> him going in having his heart operation and they show his parents saying goodbye to him. Then they show the operation... And he died, this boy, this operation, because they opened him up and they didn't realise, this was before they could do all the scans and everything like that, that all that it was just a lot worse than they thought. And they show 15, it's an hour long panorama, I think it is, or I can't remember what it's called. Um, and they show all the, there's no music, there's, the point is, it's a documentary without any frills, without any of that music. Even when you're watching a documentary now, you've got that orchestral music coming yeah. in you've got the cuts you've got the sophisticated the cinematic thing. equivalent of a high sugar diet isn't and it and that has become into, that's come into things which are non you watch every factual program yeah, yeah. it's it's they say I it's do, a fact I do, program I do it? voiceover on some of these factual programs and yeah. they're incredibly jump cutty they, yeah. they will they will not hold on one story they'll jump to the next one and reiterate stuff all the time so you know, so to remind you what's happening, and like, but yeah. it's very rare you see a document. I saw a made for TV documentary. I only saw this because I told this story to my friend who works at the BBC. Found it in the arc. She found it in the archives. So why are you named showed... after this because boy who died on television? My parents wanted me to. Do... <laughs> uh, they thought he was such a lovely child, and he was such a nice name. They wanted his name to live on. Yeah. So uh, you. but people think I'm po- I'm Polish. Wow. And that is, and that's well, what used to be quite exotic. Do you ever feel like you're letting down the memory of that boy? Yeah, <laughs> little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's really harrowing, but it that shows you how TV has changed. And I think that TV is, has all has TV leaked into film when this concentration. Oh, undoubtedly, thing. undoubtedly. I mean, and TV's become more influential in terms of you know cinematic as the cameras have got cheaper and and yeah. and more portable. Um, TV started to look like film and films started to look like TV and they definitely bled into each other, definitely. The next big thing is, of course, 4K, if you've not heard of that, which is you thought HD, so it was standard definition mm-hmm. TV, and HD, if you think of HD as one, yeah, you times that the by four, that's a 4K. So a lot of the cinemas release, them, they're making them 4K ready so they can put on, and House of Cards is a good example, they're going to stream that 4K. Cool. Well, paid for by a streaming company, so presumably they'll be shooting what suits them to stream. Well, it's, I mean, we're going a bit off topic and off, off film now, but I think it's going to affect how, I mean, Netflix is a, a big film, a lot of people are watching films on Netflix, yeah, more and they're and making more. their own um, content. T- I saw the short game, which is a film on Netflix. I found really boring about young golfers, so don't bother watching that. But they made House of Cards, of course. Yes. 
and Google, who are going to be YouTube. You can buy films on YouTube now. Google, this is really technophobic. They even meant when you make a film or you put anything on YouTube, you put it in this code called H264 normally, which is a sort of codec yes. that you put in. Google have made their own codec, so that called VP9, which can stream half the, half the amount. So, say you're downloading a big file, yeah, for it'll be your, half the size, yeah. Wow. So that means you can get better quality in your screen, and that will lead to laptops with better quality. Going back to like Terminator that. 2, I think yeah. Google is most likely to be the Cyberdyne systems that destroys the world. Yeah. Have you seen they bought up Boston Dynamic, who is a military robotics company? Google have bought them. Why? <laughs> well, my, my girlfriend's a web specialist. Right. And she has noticed, and she, she works at... Uh, uh, <clears throat> Uh, is, is, or is, who cares if it's off Terminator topic 2 too. it's not she, Terminator she, 2 <laughs> she, has, she does all this sort of what, trying to get um, uh, websites up to the heart if you go on the first page of the Google search yeah. it's worth millions to your company yes. to go on there and they've got keywords and it keeps on changing so she's really aware of how it's, people are employed to work out how to get your yeah. website up there because that's so everyone just Googles something. You say Google has become a phrase. I heard two old people saying, oh, I don't know what to do. Google it. Yeah. Google it's it, It's in the Maureen. dictionary now. It's in the dictionary. Yeah. No, they, she's noticed that words that she's writing in her emails that she sends to people, she's getting adverts related to the words that she's of course, in her yeah, emails. Yeah, that's so they're now, reading your that's emails and advertising on the back of that. Well, computers are. People aren't reading your Google emails. Google is. Who Google is? Google is. Google. Uh, so the end terrifying. of the world is night. No, no, but they've got the they've got the Skynet sized brain, the internet, the Google swarm, and uh, they've bought up robots. So it's they're just going to put those two together, and we're doomed. Well, you can't afford to buy a house anyway. Anyway, go back to films. <laughs> um, I just I caught up on a few films that people um, have mentioned on the podcast recommended from last year. One was Mud, which was the Matthew McConaughey film. What's it about? So it's two boys living uh, in a sort of <laughs> Watery part of America. Watery part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, water, and um, Florida. they're going out on the boat. It's somewhere like, is it Louisiana? I don't okay, know. Okay, yeah, yeah. That sort of area. I'm Louisiana really, Delta. I'm really ignorant on this. I really apologise to American listeners. Um, and they, they're they out on their boat, uh, and they're quite from poor, they live on houseboats, they're quite poor sort of families. They find Matthew McConaughey on this island, He's basically escaped from prison right. and he's on the run and they decide to help him uh, try and build this boat out there. Meanwhile, the girl that he, he tries to get them to message the, the woman that he's in love with. Uh, it's just a story about friendship between these two kids and this uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey and their lives and what, uh, their relationships and their family. I really enjoyed it. I think uh, I didn't think it would break into my best films of 2013. It's a good film. It's a bit different, and I think Matthew McConaughey's been nominated for an Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club. Uh, we talked about this before. Yeah. It has suddenly become like a, a, a superstar. Well, he stopped doing films like Failure to Launch and stuff, and actually started doing interesting. But he was. I remember seeing. I first saw him in Days and Confused. Yeah. Well, he started off doing that, wasn't yeah. he? And he started off being really interesting, and then sort of became hunky leading man who did perfume commercials and he's hopefully come out of that phase and he's doing interesting films again 
So it's good. I enjoyed Mud, and I also watched Blackfish, which is a documentary which you good um, man recommended. Which uh, I thought your analysis of that was spot on. That is a really fascinating documentary, but um, you just left me with a slight bit of taste of polemic about it at the end. Yeah, where I suddenly felt like, how much can I trust? You're telling the full story, but it was a really good documentary. Like fascinating. I recommend anyone go see it. Terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the level at which uh, you... I'd always assumed this sort of stuff was regulated and controlled mm. and just isn't at all. You know, they could literally just steal a wild animal, put it in a shed and then tell people what is they're supposed to do with it. Employ people and just let them swim around with it. Yeah. And without any sort of regulation or anything. Yeah. It, incredible. It's a fascinating watch if you fancy a documentary. Well, that'll do, wouldn't it? That'll do for this week. Uh, we will be back next week. Unless Google's taken over. Yeah. Google's a less good name. Uh, Skynet is sort of more sinister, isn't it? But it's strange how what were the left-wing companies, Apple and Google, are now becoming <laughs> the monsters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Microsoft will have to uh, come back from the brink Microsoft and McDonald's will have to come back to just stop them but Microsoft sounds like a bygone era doesn't it even now yeah, you say yeah. Microsoft sounds really anyway we're, we're just prattling on we'll be back next week with more films keep watching the films bye bye the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.